Thank you, everybody, for listening today. I'm talking to Justin Halsall. He is the founder of Record Once, is the former developer advocate at IBM in New York City and professional conference master of ceremonies. Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm feeling great because I got your name correct. First question out of the gate. <laughs> exactly. Very, very important, uh, yeah, very important yeah. thing to do, to nail. Step, step one. Cool. So today I wanted to chat about doing product explainer videos well, particularly um, how to make sure that they convert. So the, the contextualizing question that I have is, when do you really need to invest in a strong product explainer video? So what I mean here is everyone knows that they need one, but when do you know that you really need one? <laughs> right. I very much believe that that kind of like showing is more powerful than telling, especially nowadays with so much copy out there, so much salesy marketing copy out there that claims that like products do the do the world. It's like Coca-Cola, open happiness. It's you know, it's just a sugary drink. It has nothing to do with that. But um so many products are claiming that they do pretty much everything and anything. And thanks to that, a lot of people have become extremely skeptical. So a friend of mine, she has $100,000 a year worth of uh, software budget for a team. And she basically told me uh, she ignores all the sales copy, any PDFs that, that she gets sent, any uh, PowerPoints uh, that, that she gets shown. She ignores absolutely all of it up until the moment that she can actually get a demo of the product and or a video. And that's when she starts believing what they, what they said, basically. So because of that, I think actually the earlier you, ha- you can actually show something, the better. And what better way to do it than, than in an explainer video? Of course, though, there's, uh, for an explainer video, generally speaking, there's a lot of uh, cost involved. So uh, either time or if you're getting an agency to do it, then just, you know, uh, dollars, euros, yens, all that kind of stuff. And so you want to do it at a moment where your product is a little bit stable, generally speaking. And uh, so if you just launch a redesign, that's probably a good, that's a good moment to, uh, to do it. We've kind of solved that problem for, uh, for apps that are web-based, uh, where actually the investment that you have to make uh, in time is actually, and also cost is, is a lot less than you would normally have to do it. So you can do it more often. But if you're not a web app, you, maybe your desktop, uh, desktop app, uh, actually like we are, ironically, then waiting to, to a moment where um, your investment isn't going to get thrown away pretty much a couple months later because you've completely changed your product or you've rebranded or something like that, that's probably the, that's, that's the right time to do it. So kind of uh, think ahead a little bit, when are the big shifts going to happen? And then, but try and do it as early as, as possible. And, and if you're a web app, uh, then, you know, do it tomorrow because, uh, because it's actually pretty simple with, uh, with record ones. Yeah, that's, very interesting because I hadn't considered that your product will change very often. So if if you are going through development really quickly, yeah, would it make sense to do a more generalized product demonstration that isn't so specific in that case if you really need one? Or is the idea to make it as best you can and then hold on and hope it doesn't affect conversions until you can get the next one? Yeah, I think it also it kind of depends on where the the product demo lives, right? Is it is it kind of like up there? Is it in your hero banner? In which case, 
yeah, you really want to kind of like, it's, it's more of a teaser than anything else, right? It's, it's something to pull people in. Or is it a little bit further down the line? Uh, maybe it's on one of the secondary pages where you really dig into, uh, dig into a feature, in which case the video can be a bit longer. It can be a little bit more detailed. And in that case, you're really, the produ- production quality doesn't have to be as high. Uh, it still has to look professional and it still has to feel professional, but it doesn't have to be uh, super, super high. So in that case, you can, yeah, you can really dig in. And, and then also because if you're doing it on a secondary page, it can be for a specific feature, for example. And then you basically pick wisely, you know, uh, okay, well, this feature is stable. We're, we're happy with it. That's, that's a good moment to, uh, to, record, uh, to record that, uh, traditionally speaking, at least. Makes sense. When you see people go about making their first product explainer videos or product demo videos, what do you see is the most common biggest mistake that they make? So my, my big pet peeve is, uh, is people giving a tour. I'm, I'm old now, so I, I, I keep getting these MTV f- Cribs uh, flashbacks where it's like, the only reason that's interesting is because these people have big houses. It's, th- there's no other reason why this would be would be interesting. So when you go like, okay, this this features here, that features there, that features there. It's not engaging. People get lost. Uh, people, uh, yeah, don't care and, and basically disconnect. So doing a tour is really a kind of um, uh, that's 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 a big one. In my mind, it has to be more focused. You, you know, start with a problem and then show people how you're going to solve that problem within that video. That's that's a good structure. Uh, another uh, another pet peeve of mine is uh, uh, explainer videos where people don't show the product at all. It, it uh, a lot of SaaS companies uh, end up with these animation uh, animation videos where animation is is a great way to explain uh, certain concepts. But after that, you have to kind of like let it go and actually show the product and, and, and prove that you can do it. But a lot of people, because of the reason of, you know, um, trying to get a video that's as evergreen as possible, they, they end up going too far in my mind. And, and, uh, and uh, yeah, doing the whole thing in, in animation, in which case uh, now we're going away from uh, oh, uh, proving something to towards uh, it being kind of like salesy copy where you can claim claim everything and people get skeptical again. So that's those are two of the big ones. And then the third one is actually having these uh, great explainer videos uh, and then hiding them. So some people will uh, will create great uh, videos for onboarding. Uh, for example, people that are a little bit further down the the funnel, and uh, they'll have them in support docs, um, or uh, preferably even actually in their application, uh, which is a great place to actually put your videos, right at the point where someone's going to be doing something. But then, for a potential customer, you might not be able to see the uh, those videos until after you're already in the product, and uh, this it gives great confidence when you can actually, as a potential customer, see that there's a lot of content and, and a lot of great content, especially video content, for a potential uh, product that you're buying. So um, example from a, a friend of mine, he runs an analytics company, and uh, he noticed that 
basically 50% of his potential customers before signing up, they visit his support docs and then they convert. If they didn't, then there's a much lower uh, lower chance of them uh, converting, basically. So so giving that kind of like confidence that you're not going to get stuck with this product. It's, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be decent. And these videos uh, definitely help uh, help with that. So what people should be aiming for here is, you mentioned starting with the problem, is the idea that you should be really focusing on just one problem with your main explainer video or demo video, or is the idea that you pick a, a bundle? So it depends on the product, depends on the company. If you're a huge company, there's a lot of different things that you solve, but you should really start with the kind of like the the overarching problem, the kind of the big one, the one that your customers complain about the most, the one that you solve uh, solve the best. Start with that. Or if there's no one big thing, then then start with the kind of like the the main overarching the kind of like umbrella benefit that people are going to get start with that for a lot of people the first 15 seconds or so is when they're going to decide to continue watching or not so starting with the with the main problem and uh, hopefully one that resonates with uh, with the audience that's going to make them watch the rest of it or not so yeah, so uh, starting with that, but depends on the company. And then what I would do is after you've started with the, the main big one, go ahead and basically talk about the sub benefits, especially if it's your big hero uh, hero video at the top of your homepage, main big problem or main big benefit, and then sub uh, sub benefits that you get which would be solving sub problems and while you're talking about it or you have like big text that say that this is going to happen you can actually show off your product and, and show the problem being solved basically not in huge detail uh, for the hero video because you have limited amount of time but definitely you know uh, show, show the product solving that uh, that issue you mentioned 15 seconds is the time you have to hook somebody into watching the rest of the video how long should they aim for the video to be in general like as a maximum length so definitely uh, especially for the hero video keep it under two minutes i think that's that's like the maximum length the the optimal length i think is between 30 seconds and and a minute or 30 seconds you can extend that that time so go go into the two uh, two minute mark by basically adding a human face in there, uh, yeah, faces are more engaging than than just UI or flying text, that sort of stuff. And that way, you can kind of extend it. But that also means that production quality is going to have to go higher, and you're going to have to have a bigger budget for it, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so it's it solves one one issue, but it also gives you give you gives you other issues as well. Interesting that you mentioned hooks as well. Is there any particular advice you have? around discovering what hooks to use in these videos? I think it's the the age-old um, advice that um, people give for everything. Uh, talk to your customers, really see what resonates with them. Uh, example from from our uh, our use case when I explain the the technology behind record once to to developer that's when their eyes lights up and they're like oh my god this this is super cool I want to have this explaining that same thing to somebody who's uh, who does marketing or, or, or something that's non non technical that will often raise more. Uh, raise more questions than it actually uh, gives you aha moments or or gets people kind of like super interested. So 
talking talking to potential customers, talking to your customers, seeing what what really is an aha moment for them. At what moment are they like, oh, this is this is really cool. Uh, I need this. That's that you need to kind of like try and capture and, and bring into uh, into video. When you think back on your experience actually developing Record once, what were some of the points that came out of the discussions you had with prospective users that you thought, ah, that's the hook? Yeah. So for us, we started basically trying to create uh, explainer videos that have a longer shelf life. That was it uh, for us. And then, so we were focused very much on, the, on kind of like the the last the last portion of the lifetime of, it, of a video. And talking to potential customers, we actually realized there is a huge problem at the very beginning of the recording of the video. You know, just hearing what people have to go through to create these videos and then the, the quality that comes out of that. That was that was really a, an eye opener for us, uh, and the, and the the tons of uh, kind of like second takes, you know, like the, the the millionth second take that they had to do before they got something that was actually somewhat decent is something that uh, I think resonates with a lot of people that have already have experience uh, with this. But funnily enough, people that haven't had any experience recording these videos, they're still. Let, let's call it naively optimistic uh, on how well they'll do recording these videos and uh, how many takes they'll do. Uh, they kind of like underestimate it. So that's for us. That that's that's been a lot of uh, learnings, and and we're still kind of like struggling. Right? Okay, how how do we? Yeah, how do we communicate that in a way that that people will, uh, people will understand, even if they haven't experienced it themselves uh, before? Thinking. Uh- I have seen your own explainer video, which is which is great. Um, but I can't remember if you start the video by saying like something like, you know, how hard is it to create a, an explainer video? Are you stuck trying to do a thousand takes or something like that? How did it come out to the beginning of the video? You know, those discussions to narrow down in a particular point. We actually ha- we had it in there, but it was too long, and then we we mm. cut it. And uh, like I said before, we're a desktop app, so we can't actually use our own software to 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 create these videos. So for us, it's it's also a huge uh, time investment. So we've actually just uh, it's not live yet, but uh, I'm sure by the time that uh, people people listen to the podcast, they'll they'll be able to check it out. But we have a new video uh, on the website which does actually include that uh, now. So uh, so they'll be able to check that out. But yeah, it was it was a struggle to kind of to to try and explain what was going on uh, but keep it concise and keep it within that uh, 10 to 15 uh, 10 to 15 seconds. So there's a lot of iteration that you have to do on that on the on the narrative and just a lot of practicing and and just trying to figure out how how to say that to kind of condense it basically. So say Say we've gone out to the customers, the age-old marketing answer, that, and it Mm -hmm. depends, I guess. Have you asked your customers? And it depends, I think, are the most common answers. And we've gotten feedback. We've realized the aha moments. Do we try to position or or prompt this as a question in the beginning of a video? Or is it this is where the creative side of making the video comes in to translate that pain point into the hook? Like you said, it, it depends, but you could you could totally do that. You could go full kind of like infomercial. Like, are you uh, struggling with uh, X, <laughs> Y, and Z? You know, uh, it's 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 cliche and it's kind of uh, it's like not cool, but it 
it works. So uh, why not? But you could also, if your product is a little bit bigger and, and you're more, you have multiple things that you could touch on, then you could really talk about more of that kind of like, okay, well, what big benefit does that pain point uh, address? Or, or the other way around, what be, uh, what big benefit do you get from solving that pain point? And then just focus uh, focus on on that. I think uh, Framer has a nice example where they're like, imagine your favorite design tool, and then imagine your perfect website, and we're like a marriage of both or something like that. That oh, kind of yeah. like getting getting people in the headspace where uh, they'll basically anything that comes after that they'll they'll be associating with uh, with these things. So. Um, the, those are different ways uh, that you can that you can do it. Um, I would definitely suggest brainstorming and uh, like like everything in life, the first thing that you come up with is probably good, and then you're probably going to come up with a, a load of stuff that's really terrible, and then you're going to find the the thing that's uh, that's that's really good. So that's that's kind of like my my philosophy on on these things. I may have stolen some of your your thunder in in to some degree, but I was curious to know. If we zoom out a little bit, getting to the process overall, what is your suggestion for people who are looking to create their first explainer video in terms of you should do this and do this? Yeah, what I t- touched on a little bit is is create a script and not not the script probably like like you have in your mind right now. What I what I do, what my personal process is, is go ahead and get some post its and uh, start kind of like jotting down the the well you could start with a problem let's start with that so uh write down the problem that you're going to address describe the main benefit and then describe the sub benefits that you'd like to uh like to like to touch on in this or if it's uh, less of a kind of like a hero homepage video and more of like a let's say it's like a secondary page then it's very much main problem and then what are we what are we going to show to uh, and, and what do we need to sh- uh, to show uh, that that problem's been solved and you know click through your UI do that sort of stuff and you might need you might need some assets uh, to to show this so that could be like a, a demo account with certain things in it already you kind of want to probably want a notepad on the on the side to to jot down these things that that come in but the nice thing about post-its is you can you can move things around it becomes very malleable and also it's not super high fidelity where you're you're like writing a script and you get bogged down in the details and all that kind of stuff which I'm I'm definitely very good at it. I'm sure a lot of people are as well. So that's that's kind of that's a nice a nice way to to do it. And then you can you can practice you can practice this by by just uh, by just talking it through. You know, does the does the story have does it have a narrative? Does it kind of make sense? It doesn't always have to have a narrative. You could you know uh, you could also just list the main benefits and then show a screen or whatever. But testing this on another human being to a certain degree helps to kind of like see, okay, well, did, did they understand? Yeah. Do they understand what, uh, what we're saying? And does a pain point uh, come across without having too much uh, background information about what the product is? So that, that is, that's a good way to kind of like start. Once you're recording your first video, then you want to have a checklist, a very long checklist of, okay, correct screen resolution. You want to record something that will also work on mobile when, when somebody's watching it on mobile. So if you have a 30-inch screen, you're going to have to change the resolution so that it's, it's more like a 720p display. You want to 
record your audio separately than your uh, your video because that will remove a lot of the the, the retakes. That saves a ton of a ton of mistakes. And turn on do not disturb. Turn turn off your your uh, notifications and maybe start a new user profile which doesn't have you know a ton of extensions in in chrome and all that kind of stuff so there's a there's a long checklist of this and write it down because the first time you do this you're going to bump into issues that are going to have to make you do a retake and then so if you've written that down then the second time you you inevitably do that retake, you can uh, go ahead and, and make sure that you're prepared uh, prepared for that. So that's if you're doing a, a desktop. Also, recording in a noisy environment, generally not a good thing. But if you're recording your video separate from your audio, then you can always, you know, like type out what what uh, what you want to say and then record that in a uh, in a quiet environment and you can even prototype so you could first record the audio in a very noisy environment and then later go into a, a wardrobe or something like that those it, it sounds really weird but a closet with a lot of clothes is a perfect environment to uh to record audio because uh, yeah there's very little reflection on that so, uh, sort of stuff so that's a good uh, a good way uh, to do that basically all good uh, we're starting with the the problem we're um, creating these sticky notes uh, we're creating, which is the backbone of, of a, a malleable script that we can use. And then we're doing the actual recording. In terms of ending the video, how do you recommend people bookend that video? So for example, if we reference something like Grammarly, they always have that sort of splash screen that says, get started with Grammarly yep. today. Did you have any advice on what makes a good end to the video? So especially if you have a hero video that's a bit long, definitely uh, kind of like a one sentence recap at the end allows you to end on a high note. And that's what people will remember. And then for a hero video, the chance that you're going to going to then sign up is, is pretty low. Uh, you're probably going to check out the pricing page first probably going to go somewhere else so you know uh, going back to the main main websites is probably fine but on the secondary page they're already they're already more invested uh, chance that they're going to sign up there is, is a lot higher so like you said ending with a splash screen with the with like try the product now big button is a, a nice way a nice way to do that and so our our software uh, allows you to do that but there's a there's a ton of other players out there that uh, that allow you to do that too and measure the conversion that sort of thing in terms of the actual content itself when you go through and explain the product do you have any tips for things to avoid so for example you mentioned earlier it's not great if you only use graphics and you don't motion graphics, for example, and yeah. you don't show the product. But is there a problem on the flip side if you show too much of the product or you do that in the wrong way? Yeah, I think there's there's some people who are like, okay, well, we'll, st we'll start this explainer videos at the very beginning. So like login screen and then going through the whole, it's like you, you don't have to do that much. It's fine to it's fine to trim it down, especially for a hero video. You don't even have to show a lot of the steps in between. Now, if you're doing more of a uh, more of like a secondary page, or, and especially more of a support uh, page, then you really want to go from A to Z. But still, that that 
you know, login. Please, please don't show that people. <laughs> if they can't get through your login, then you have other problems um, that video won't solve. So that's definitely, yeah, TMI. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the safer work sense, yeah. How do you test your videos before you release them publicly? What we've done for the most recent video is is record the rough uh, the, the the version with the rough audio basically, and and then try it on people and see what kind of feedback we get back and and those aha moments that we talked about are they actually getting them or or is that being missed uh, somehow? For our product, we've done a lot of hallway user testing, and that works for videos as well. So if you're in a co-working space or we work or something like that, you know, go go to the coffee machine and uh, hang out there, get coffee or tea for yourself. And whoever walks up, start chatting with them and say, hey, we just released, or we just finished this video. We want to check it out. And then, and then chat with them, see what they thought of it and see if, they, if the message comes across. Of course, this works best if you actually have some potential customers that don't know you yet, but that process is very, yeah, that's a very long process. So that, that way uh, works and it's it's republished that video so there's there's no there's no kind of like extra cost in having to uh, iterate uh, iterate over that just because of the way that uh, that it's set up so when you're testing for that aha moment and you're not harassing people in the hallway but you're uh, <laughs> friend, friend, <laughs> recruiting them for a friendly favor <laughs> yeah recruiting people where you work what are the typical questions that you ask to to see whether or not they have gotten that aha moment or they mm. understand the product? Well, uh, ask them if the product can actually uh, actually does anything that would be useful for them or their company, and then dis- and then have them describe to you what they think it would solve. That kind of gets them to to summarize the whole thing and and then return it to you and and if it's a complete and utter disconnect from what you your messaging is uh, was supposed to be then uh, then you know you have some work to do so that's that's a good one and then seeing if uh, especially if the their potential customers seeing if people are excited to use this i think is a good indication of okay well we did we did a good we did a good job with uh, especially a hero video a secondary video they're they're better suited for people that are a little bit further down the, the, the funnel. So you could ask ex, uh, existing customers, so, hey, does, does this summarize uh, what we do correctly? And of course, you know, if you've left out some of the rough parts and, and emphasized some of the great parts and, they, uh, and they're telling you that you've left that out, uh, basically, then, you know, that's, that's fine. But doing that will, will help kind of like... Um, will help you iterate uh, over these things. I was also curious to know, what's different between a hero product explainer video that you would have on your website and one that you would have on a product hunt launch, or would they be the same? I, th- I think they would be pretty much the same, yeah. Uh, for a product hunt... It's it's very much a teaser. You want them to you want them to go to the the web page. You want, want them to try out the product. So, uh, getting people excited is incredibly important. Now, the hero videos that do very well on Product Hunt have pretty high production value. And if you don't have budget for that, then it's totally fine to to make a longer form video 
that's uh, a bit more in depth, as long as it, is, it really kind of like you start with that problem, or the main benefit that you have, and then you, you go into showing it, then people that have experienced that can also get really excited about it. And uh, you might be slightly less popular, but you, you'd be playing to your strengths, which is, uh, which is really good. So I think that's, that's, also, that's also fine, especially if you're earlier stage, you know, then, then start, uh, start with that. Reflecting on all the different software product explainer videos you've seen, what, what gives things a real X factor to make them more effective? So I think there's, there's two things. One is very much uh, desirability. Um, so if you, can, if you can make people really want uh, your product, that's, that's very much an X factor. For non-software products, what a lot of people do is and this is really this this sounds kind of dumb but a slow motion of the physical <laughs> product makes it more desirable and that's such a simple thing to do right so for for software you want to you you want to do things in a similar way where you try and make it as as desirable as as possible that's a great x factor uh, leaving people with oh my god that's cool i want this is is the best the the best outcome you can have in my book the other big x factor and this you can only really do if your if your brand allows it but actually injecting some humor into it that's a great way to yeah to add, to add something extra to make something mem- uh, memorable and to make people have more fuzzy warm feelings towards uh, you and your brand so yeah we were talking before the recording and we should really work out what the name of the company is but they had adapted the wolf of wall street video yes yeah 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 they had they like the 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 scene where they're all celebrating together they basically took the same background and some some clips of people chanting and then and then they had themselves be the 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 the, the, the main character and uh, and talk about their SaaS uh, solution and then basically have the crowd chant i think that was a great uh, that was a great a uh, very fun uh, fun video that that did extremely well on Product Hunt. So uh, that's that's a great way of, of kind of injecting some X factor and injecting some humor into into your your product video. Putting you on the spot here, I'd love to see how, if I gave you very little budget uh, and I gave mm-hmm. you a massive budget, how would you go about making a product explainer or a hero video for a bookkeeping application? So say you had $500 or less. And on the other side, you had over, say, $50,000 to make this video. How would you go about it differently? So if you don't have that much budget, then the amount of stuff that you can outsource is, is very limited. So very little budget, you're probably going to be asking your friend who has a, a nice, clean, neutral English accent to do the voiceovers for you. If you have a lot of budget, you can get an actual voice actor uh, to uh, to do it. If you don't have that much budget, then or the amount of motion graphics that you're going to be using is is very limited. So you're probably not spending any money on that, or you're going to like Fiverr or something else, an agency in a cheaper a cheaper country to uh, to to do that. So quality won't be that high. If you actually have a fifteen thousand dollar budgets you can you can actually go ahead and 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 get some decent cameras and and actually get 
uh, a human being being filmed as part of your uh, of your video, which which will make it more engaging, uh, which will make it more interesting. Uh, then what an agency is going to do? You're probably going to hire an agency if you if you have a fifteen thousand dollar budget. What an agency is going to do is they're going to rebuild your whole app in After Effects, and that way they don't have to go through the the grind that is uh, a recording and then doing a second take and a third take and a fourth take. They'll especially working with the customers, they're going to want a thousand little tweaks. If if every tweak costs them the same amount of time as recording the first, the whole thing in the in the beginning, the customer is going to be unhappy and and they're and and no happy customers means no return customers. So they're going to be unhappy as well doing that. So they generally rebuild the whole thing in in After Effects to be able to accommodate that. So that's the process that uh, that they're going to going to go through which might be a fit for you, maybe, maybe not. If you have a lot of budget, you know, go out, all out, hire a studio, hire people to actually help you with the, with the script. You're going to be writing it together with them, but um, having someone that can, that can uh, basically raise their hand when they're super confused about uh, what you're doing is, uh, is quite helpful. When it comes to the script, how do you make sure that the pacing is correct? So, Thinking back, you know, I, I was once asked to do a, a voiceover for a particular app demo, and I remember trying to do it X number of times in order to fit mm-hmm. the actual action that was happening. But how do you make those two things match up? So it depends on the uh, the type of video. So if you're a hero video, you want it to be very upbeat, high pace. You want the the general thumb in public speaking uh, is is uh, I think also applies here. It's like your own self plus ten percent. So you're a little bit higher energy. Uh, you're more animated. Uh, that's uh, that that's the voiceover that you you want to get. If it's not so much a hero video, but more of like a secondary page or uh, more of an onboarding video, then it's actually more important to be clear than it is to be upbeat and high energy. Because uh, especially when it's more of an onboarding video, people are going to have to retrace those steps. So if you go too fast, you know, you might get them excited, but you'll also get them confused at the end. So there you really want to slow, slow things down, be very deliberate about everything you do, and their longer videos are are better. Like the the two minute uh, limit that I, that I gave you before really doesn't apply for an onboarding video. It can be uh, much longer than that. Of course, shorter is better. It's better to have multiple videos that break down a certain problem. But it's okay to uh, to be a bit uh, to be a bit longer and less high energy. Who in this space does a really great job that people should use as a, a reference, particularly in software? So I think. And I kind of mentioned them before, uh, Framer. I think they do a, a really great job. They have this kind of like upbeat hero video at the beginning. And then once you dive into their software, they actually have explainer videos uh, kind of like peppered throughout their product. What a lot of people do, uh, which Framer doesn't do, uh, is a lot of people will have these uh, really annoying walkthroughs where you've never seen the user interface before. And then they're popping you pushing you through this kind of like wizard which is highlighting parts of the app and and you can't see the whole app or not really so you're disoriented and all that kind of stuff that i i i really dislike framer does it in a different way they actually have the the onboarding videos that you can uh you can pull up at different points in time you can you could 
put uh, hide them again so that you can actually interact with the product and then you can pull them up later again so that you can actually go through and uh, uh, yeah and really experience the product in a good way so that I think they're a good they're a good reference they don't really start with a problem they start more with uh, with the kind of like the positive positive outcome projection in your mind which is fine but I don't think it's the right uh, the right solution for everyone but their their hero video is uh, super slick uh, in that way and Fantastic. and their onboarding videos are are really good uh, product videos as well excellent for people who would like to learn more or connect with you where should they go yeah, so they can they can uh, contact me on on LinkedIn or Twitter. I'm uh, Juice Ten on both of those, so that's uh, Juice uh, and then one zero. Or they can they can check out uh, recordonce dot com. That's that's our product. That's uh, that's what we're uh, we're building. And uh, yeah, and uh, people can check me out there. Fantastic, excellent, Justin. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, uh, Benjamin. Mm-hmm.